This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas representing Transitions Life Care and Mary and we're going to get into some very interesting topics on the show today Mm -hmm. but I've tried to cut back on my social media use a bit but (laughs) the social media that I do keep track with one of which is Canine Inch Tales (laughs) your uh, your storied Instagram account uh with your dog so what's the latest news with your your fostering dog situation well i've got i officially adopted my hospice dog um i haven't made that public yet so that will go that will go out on the the news wave soon on my social media so breaking news for us insider news for aging matters yes i i wanted to take a you know it's this is very like me i wanted to take a more hands-on approach in her hospice care and um and make sure that she had everything she needed and you know, with a foster, it's hard because you're kind of going, you're the in-between and, and somebody else is kind of managing it. And so this gives me just full control over over that. And I'm happy it's already been a, a very good experience. And I'm glad I did it because we've, we've, we've found out some things and she's got metastasis and things like that. So um, she's on all the medication she needs to be on and, and she's happy. So it's good. It's good. <laughs> Well, if you want something lighthearted to break up your Instagram feed, follow Canine Inch Tales. Yes. It's, uh, it's well worth the click. Well, let's get into our first topic at hand. And I don't think we've broached this on the show before, but we're going to be talking about death cafe and to have a conversation on that we're very pleased to welcome in heather hill heather is a funeral director and death cafe facilitator at renaissance funeral home heather thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me i'm glad to be here to talk with you both today I feel like I should have like a coffee and a piece of cake or like (laughs) we're at Death Cafe, right? I think that I should have done this a little bit better here. You guys can't see us in the studio, but I don't have any of that. So that's kind of a bummer. Well, I brought mine. I should have shared. We should have (laughs) gathered together. We could have all had had a little uh, cafe together. That would have been (laughs) fun. We'll do it again then. We have to do it again. Heather, I'm I'm really excited to to talk about this. I think talking about death is so taboo, and a lot of people kind of shy away from it. And so I'm I'm very excited about our conversation. I think to start, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in hosting death cafes, and and how did you come about this? Oh wow. Um, well, I started. I've I've always been interested with um, the dying process not so much the physical part of dying, but how cultures and how society views death. Even before I got into this profession, I didn't start um, school for uh, funeral directing until 2013, 2014, in my 40s. And uh, so it was a a second, third career for me. And, um, but I've always been fascinated with, you know, everything that surrounds it as I said earlier, culture and society. And then uh, I decided to change my career path when I was getting back into the workforce after being a stay-at-home mom. And then I dove headfirst into this career. And with my experience with meeting with families, Mm -hmm. I realized how much 
people don't talk about death and dying, how people mm-hmm. don't plan for it, something that is going to happen to every one of us. And, you know, sitting with these families that have never spoken to their parents about what their choices were and seeing seeing the struggles that they went through because they didn't have these conversations. Mm-hmm. So the reason I brought Death Cafe into the, the funeral home, into a, a Death Cafe Raleigh, is to just have these discussions, to make it a safe and easy place to talk about and hopefully spreading the word and educating people about choices and making it easier to talk about. So that's that's why we brought it in here. And we've been doing this since July of 2016. Wow. And it's really, really been helpful for the community, I think, and for me as well. Definitely. Um, but but it's, it's a returning crowd, too. There's people that have been coming ever since I started. Um, it's not just a one one and done. That's <laughs> so awesome. People come back because they feel safe here. That's awesome. So talk to us a little bit about the format. What is Death Cafe? Who Who's hosting it? Who comes? What does a typical session look like? Sure. So I, I need to tell first a little bit of the how Death Cafe mm-hmm. got started. First off, it's a funny name. Like you said, you should, we should be sitting down with some cake and tea. I did not start the program. I picked up the program. It is, um, it's, it's actually started um, before 2010. Um, it is actually the definition on the main Death Cafe website is um, the objective is to increase awareness of death with the view to help people make the most of their finite lives. Meaning the more we talk about this, the less taboo we make it, the easier it is when it's upon us um, or upon us and our families. Um, but the model was developed uh, by a gentleman named John Underwood um, based on the ideas of uh, Bernard Critaz, um, uh, uh, building upon what I just said, the, the place, a community to sit and just talk about everything that anything and everything about death and dying. Um, what it looks like is we hold it here at Renaissance Funeral Home. We do offer food, we offer uh, desserts, and we do some light uh, appetizers as well because it's. I usually hold it in the evening and, you know, I want to make sure everybody's fed. Uh, we have uh, several tables. We go around and do a quick introduction. People may uh, express why they came or the community members that have been coming for a while may say, you know, to the, to the new folks what value they've taken from it. And then it is, I just say, okay, what are we talking about? It, there's no planned topic. It's not like, oh, the theme of this uh, uh, of this death cafe is writing obituaries, or it's it's not a structure. There's no structure at all. It is basically w- what the community wants to talk about, or what is brought up in the introductions. And it's two hours, and usually we could go a lot longer, and a lot of times we linger afterwards and our own little uh, pods of folks talking. So that's basically what it looks like here. <laughs> that's awesome. And so h- how often are you holding death cafes, and, and are they also, is it meant for someone that is you know, planning for end of life? Is it meant for people who have lost somebody and maybe grieving or needing counseling or who's the kind of target audience or who can come or, or attend death cafes? 
I've, I've been to some other death cafes. There is a death cafe in Mebane as well. And I love going to different death cafes to get a feel for who is there and what what communities are, are members of other death cafes. Not mean, meaning members that you have to be a member, but, you, you know, attendees. I should say attendees. Um, I found that mine seemed to to have a lot of folks that are in the end-of-life arena, meaning a lot of hospice workers, a lot of death doulas, um, because those are people that are already interested in this topic and want to talk among other people that also want to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have people that just heard that that there's a this funny named program and just <laughs> come to see what it's all about. Um, but it's not it's not people that are just planning that they may come because they're thinking about what their options are. But I, I really like to say that it is not it's definitely not a pre planning seminar. I try to really make that clear. This isn't marketing, this isn't a pre planning seminar. Those topics come up because they're part of the death and dying process. And a lot of people have come because they said, I don't know what I want to do and I want to hear other thoughts and talk to people who are also in the same stage of planning that I am. But it's not, it is definitely not that. I'd like to say what it is not. (laughs) And it is not grief counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we are not uh, certified to provide grief counseling here. But I find that there are people here that have lost, well, we've all lost somebody. Most people have lost loved ones. So we are sharing in that experience. Um, I think those that share their experiences find benefit in the idea that they're not alone um, in their grief and that being able to share in a safe place is helpful. So some grief counseling does happen, but not in the traditional sense of grief counseling. The counseling is a comes about because you're able to share and it feels good to, to share with your community. I think that's, but it's definitely not something that people want to attend because they lost somebody and they're looking for grief counseling. That's a helpful explanation. And, you know, setting those expectations ahead of time, making sure that you're, you you know what you're getting into is very helpful. We're speaking with Heather Hill. She is a funeral director and death cafe facilitator at Renaissance Funeral Home. We've got more co- more questions mm-hmm. for Heather, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas on the line. We have Heather Hill, who's a funeral director and death cafe facilitator at Renaissance Funeral Home. And we're talking all about death cafes and what they are. We've sort of gone over uh, what 
they aren't as well in terms of setting up expectations with these. And Mary, uh, I think it's also important that we maybe talk about the vibe mm-hmm. of a, a death cafe. Yeah, I think, you know, I was talking before the show, you, when you tell people you work in hospice or um, I'm sure, Heather, with you in funeral homes and and the, the reaction can go one of many ways, really. Um, but a lot of people are like, oh, let me tell you about my story, which I love to hear. It keeps me going. Um, so please continue telling your stories. Um, or it's, oh, no, I don't know how you can do that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather, I'm sure you 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 know the feeling. Uh, but what is the typical feel in the room at, at a death cafe? Because I working in in the role that I do, and then Heather, you probably you do. It's it's not all gloomy all the time. I feel like there's a lot of life in talking about this. So talk about talk to us a little bit about the feel in the room at a death cafe, and and what is it like? And um, for our listeners, it kind of letting them know so they're not maybe as afraid to attend. That, um, this is my favorite question, and I think I've had a full range. Um, my, the community members that have been coming for a while, they they will uh, call or text me and, and say, hey, we haven't had one in a while. It's, it's time again. We, we need to get together. It's, it's such a unique community, um, a very open community where everybody feels welcome. Uh, first timers, you know, a lot of people with their ranges of experience are really even afraid to walk in a funeral home. I had uh, one guest come to combat her fear of being in a funeral home. Um, this is a chance to come in in a, in a time where you're not experiencing loss or the loss of a loved one or supporting somebody. So her reason for coming, coming was just to overcome her fear of being in the space of a funeral home. And, you know, I think we lifted that fear that she had when she was there because it is such a welcoming and non-judgmental feeling in the room. Um, Well, in in the room itself, what I try to do, because death is not easy to talk about and it's not a, and we talk about hard things sometimes and there's always laughter. Um, We try to keep it as a place that you want to come. It's not gloom and doom. There's a lot of funny things that happen around death and dying. There's lots of funny experiences to share. So we will get into the hard stuff and it's not like I'm turning it around once something hard happens that, you know, we, we try to switch the topic, but you know, uh, anytime new member comes, you know, we give them a little woo woo, a little, uh, (laughs) welcome. And they're kind of like looking around the room because they don't know what to expect. But I think they feel so welcome and safe. Mm -hmm. They feel safe in this environment where all traditions, all spiritual beliefs, all forms of disposition are respected. And they they feel safe to share. Mm -hmm. And that is why I I wish I could come up with a percentage of people that come back. more than half of the people that are at a death cafe and, and the numbers range anywhere from, you know, 25 people to 55 people that come, I'd say half, half, if not more of those are return people because no death cafe is alike. There's mm-hmm. different topics for each one. We may cover, you know, like when there's been a celebrity death, uh, we talk about how society deals with death and how could we feel close to this, movie star who died when we didn't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, then we talked about 
um, writing an obituary and how hard that is to encompass somebody's life in a few paragraphs. We've talked about pre-planning, um, which I think is, is really unique to our Death Cafe because we have the... I, I don't know about a lot of them throughout the United States, but we do have a lot of death care professionals that mm-hmm. happen to come. So a lot of those questions can get answered. And while I facilitate and get, make sure everybody has a chance to speak, the conversations between everybody at the table, we'll have a death doula, we'll have somebody in hospice, we have nurses. Um, and I also say that, you know, during the introductions, just because we have so many healthcare professionals and end-of-life professionals doesn't mean that they're, you know, that you're just at a seminar and you're just learning something. Everybody has something to offer from their own experiences, and everybody is learning from each other. And when it's brought on with that with that sense, I think the feel of the room is, is very open and trusting, and it must be because people keep coming back <laughs> and asking for more. So I'm happy about that. Uh, we joke around that people will, will say when they join, I've been coming everyone since 2020 or 2018. And I'm like, we're not taking attendance. We don't have a punch card. But I'm so glad to see you. And it's like meeting old friends in a safe place. So it's it's a wonderful community and, you know, very open. So that's the feel in the room. And sometimes we have great laughter and sometimes we have tears. But I don't want to scare anybody away of it being gloom and doom and talking about really morbid things. It is really uplifting, very uplifting. Cause the more we talk about death, the more value it brings to living our best, you know, our best lives. That which is, is the main point. Death cap- that is such a good mm-hmm. point. I, and on that note, that's a great segue is, are there things that you have learned or found very interesting from doing death cafes and listening to all the conversations that you hear? I think what I've learned the most is that of all the different views, um, you know, we've all grown up um, geographically with the type of funeral that our families have had. Um, We've come from a, you know, the world is so much bigger. And with hearing everybody speak about their own experiences and their traditions and what is common in their family and their choices for their disposition it's made me, it's made my world larger by seeing all the different, and this job and this work has made the world a much larger place. Um, um, culturally, ritualistic, ritualistically, mm-hmm. and just how we all grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's opened up the world for me. And um, I, I always come away just they're at the end of the day. Let's say that they're uh, six thirty to eight thirty, and I've worked a full day already. So when I have a death cafe that day, I'm like, oh, I've had a funeral, and I've been at the grave all day, and I've got to come back and stay here till nine o'clock. And I know by the end of the night, I am just reflecting and inspired, and feel a renewed energy in the community of of people that are here. So. It's, it's a reminder of how precious people in life are. And I know that's really ethereal and, and kind of big to say, but it's really true. And I think that's the draw mm-hmm. of the importance of how, how each life is important. We're speaking with Heather Hill, funeral, funeral director and death cafe facilitator at Renaissance Funeral Home. 
Heather, we've we've got more we want to talk to you about. Uh, can you stick with us for another segment? Do you have time for that? Absolutely. You're going to have to shut me up because I love talking about <laughs> We have the same problem. It's okay, Heather. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We've got more with Heather Hill on Death Cafes. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680. WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680, WPTF News, Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas on the line. We have Heather Hill. She is a funeral director and death cafe facilitator at Renaissance Funeral Home, and we are talking about death cafes and Mary, uh, I'm excited because later in the segment, we're going to debut a new game. Uh, but before we get to that, I feel like we have a mandated obligation that we have to talk about COVID at some point, uh. you know, at least not every show, <laughs> but maybe every second or third show. We've got to talk a little bit about that. So uh, let's let's talk about COVID a little bit. Yeah, I guess I guess we have to touch on it. Um, we're coming up on the end of the the emergency state and all, everything. I think it's in May or, or sometime soon. Anyway, it's super exciting for for that to be happening. But COVID was awful, um, and Heather, I'm sure that you experienced a lot of that firsthand, um, being a funeral director. And I know that you probably weren't meeting in person or at all for Death Cafe. How did you find, um, number one, the format changing? If you weren't meeting, what did you learn when you came back? Um, and and as a funeral director, how you made it through COVID and, and kind of what that looked like and anything that you learned there? Well, I, I too am glad we're finally climbing out of, of this horrible time that seems like a blur for mm-hmm. sure. Um, with Death Cafe, uh, we ceased Death Cafe during uh, COVID. There was some Death Cafes that were uh, that went to Zoom, and I know they had success with that. Um, the Mebbin Death Cafe still still meets virtually sometimes because they had such a, a great following with their um, virtual group. Um, I I I didn't implement it. I we tried to do one. It was a disaster. Um, we didn't get a lot of people to join. Connection wasn't good. I, I personally, I needed the one-on-one interaction uh, with with the group here, and so we ceased our uh, death cafe during COVID. And I think a lot of people missed that. Well, we, we missed everything about what the pandemic brought on. But our uh, death cafe after COVID was uh, huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off by meeting with masks and meeting and social distancing and no food for the first few um, death cafes so we could stay masked. Um, but it was just, I think it was a matter you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, we really saw b- greater numbers after that because I think COVID taught us how important our community and, you know, 
being back into the social uh, aspect of gathering is, is really important. So that's how Deaf Cafe suffered during COVID, although, um, you know, our numbers increased afterwards and they continue to increase. Um, funeral of home wise, it was personally, it was tougher for me in the beginning because everybody stayed home. Everybody's lives changed. School stopped. There was no traffic on the roads. People were at home and life didn't change for us. We still came to work every day. People were still dying. Uh, we were still helping families. Um, our funeral home did see an increase in, in the amount of, of deaths, of course, from mm-hmm. COVID, but nothing like you saw in the news, like in you know New York and California. Um, but we did definitely see an increase. And um, like I said, the greatest change was in the beginning. In the beginning, we had to keep our staff safe. We had to stay safe in order for us to continue to serve families. And it was not understood in the beginning that we couldn't gather, that we couldn't have services. And, you know, that's such an important part of grief and processing is having your community present to to celebrate that person and to mourn that person as a community. That's how it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. And the absence of that was really tough. Um, we did offer our families a chance to um, come back and, and celebrate and uh, provide funerals and memorials, not so much the funerals because, you know, the burial still had to happen, but a lot of our cremation families that wanted memorial services, we've done some that have been, you know, a year later because of the, the pandemic, we weren't able to gather. Um, so I think we can also see value in the pandemic because of the loss, how important it was for mm-hmm. us to be able to gather as a community. Um, and I'm just so glad we're slowly getting back to normal. <laughs> what yeah, is normal? Same, same, same. <laughs> yeah. um, so now yeah. a little bit of a death cafe of our own. This is a question we talk about in the show and um, and one that comes up quite often. And, and you might have talked about it as well. What is, how would you define a good death versus a bad death? <laughs> uh, there's lots of different opinions on a, a good death and a bad death. Um, if we, uh, of course, we don't have any choice on, on how that happens. Um, I think talking about death, making sure, a good death to me would be making sure that your wishes are carried out, that your family's wishes are carried out for you to um, either choose, you know, hospice care, uh, hospice facility, a way for you to have control over what your death would look like, have control over what your funeral would look like, um, having control having control of what... Um, what scripture you might want, what poem you want, might want. Um, I think for me, the good death is, is control, mm-hmm. having the discussions and having the choices that you want along with your family, what will help them grieve, what will help them move on. Um, I don't think there's ever closure in a death. I think we can learn to, to grieve and find peace. So I think a good death is, is that. And I also think, um, that 
where I just went off is that I've had two really extreme deaths in my life. Um, I became a widow at 44. My husband mm-hmm. passed away unexpectedly when he was 43. And he was out of town and I got a phone call. Oh, no. That's a bad death. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, unexpected, you know, on the end of the family. It's an unexpected death. Um, there's three kids at home under the age of nine. And there was discussions that we had prior because I was in funeral school. So I'm, I would ask him, so what kind of, you know, what kind of services would you want? And, you know, would you be cremated? Do you want to be buried? And so we had had those discussions. Had we not had those discussions, I wouldn't have known what he wanted. And that would have caused more turmoil for me. So my definition of a good death and a bad death is with my own experience. To me, the, not that any death is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to compare that, my father passed away in 19, right before the pandemic. I held his hand. Um, when he died, everything was as it should be. He made the choice to go into hospice care and to stop fighting. I was with him. We were all at peace with his decision, mm-hmm. said what we needed to say, and took care of what we needed to take care of prior. So I think with my observations with other families and my own experience, there's a good death and a bad death. I'm so sorry um, to but hear I, that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I a lot of the Death Cafe members know that about me, and I I like to share that with my family sometimes when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, never to say that I know what they're going through, but I I can understand the pain, and I want, especially you know, when there's a, a young widow that mm-hmm. has children, to be able to share my experience of should the kids see their loved one or their parent. Um, how to talk about it, how to take care of the stuff that happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I think with the profession that I have and, and the experience that I've had, I can see the um, the gifts that I can provide the families with my experience. So I, I try to turn that bad death into a way to, to help others that are going through the same thing. I just wanted to know that someday I would laugh again, that someday I would smile again. And I think having gone through that and being able to tell these, you know, young mothers, we've just had several recent Mm -hmm. deaths of young men with families to be able to say that, you know, someday you, you're going to, you're going to laugh again and you're going to see some grace. So to me, that's, that's the difference in good death versus a bad death. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that story. So we're going to finish out here. We have just a couple minutes. We're going to do a really quick new thing. It's super fun. It's called Rapid Fire. Um, it's one, one sentence answers to questions, and we're going to fly through just a few of them. And it's supposed to be fun. So, And then at another, on another show, I'm going to Rapid Fire Jason. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Uh, let's go. All right. What is your favorite age so far in life? Uh, 40. All right. One piece of advice you tell your younger self. Wear the bathing suit. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One bucket list trip that you have coming up. Oh, um, soon to be planned. My husband always wanted the kids to see the Northern Lights. So that's my bucket list. That is awesome. Your, a song that you'll play at your funeral. <laughs> 
But hands down, everybody in this world knows this. It's Amazing Grace. Beautiful, beautiful song. And last one, what animal would you be in another life? My cat. <laughs> yes. I love it. Thank you so much for indulging in our uh, new fun game. <laughs> that was fun. I love that. Heather, excellent job. Thank you for being our guinea pig, and thank you for explaining <laughs> Death Cafes. If folks are interested and want to attend, what's the best way to find more information about the ca- Death Cafes that you put on, Heather? I, I'm everywhere. Deathcafe.com has a listing, and for those that are not, you know, in the area, has a listing of all death cafes around the world. You search by zip code. So deathcafe.com. You can visit Renaissance Funeral Homes website. It's rfhr.com. There is, on the homepage there, there is an events or death cafe page. I also have a Death Cafe Raleigh Facebook page. And uh, for those that visit and want to get reminders, I also have a, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but there is a text remind service and I have a a mailing list. So if you don't know what's happening, it's because you haven't looked, but um, (laughs) I'm planning on having one in the next, uh, in the next month. I try to have them every uh, six to eight weeks. Awesome. Again, deathcafe.com. If you want to find out more about Renaissance Funeral Home, R F H R dot com or look for the Death Cafe Raleigh Facebook group. Heather Hill, funeral director and Death Cafe facilitator at Renaissance Funeral Home. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time today. We loved having you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. I love the rapid fire. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, I think rapid fire is here to stay. Thank you so much, Heather. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Hey, if you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to go online to transitionslifecare.org. Plenty of resources and information available for you there. Also, career opportunities. If you're looking for a change there, head on over to transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. And Mary, we are shifting gears here, and we're going to be talking about anticipatory grief. And I'm really very much looking forward to this conversation. And we, uh, we've we brought on one of our own. We're mm-hmm. going to be speaking with E. Below. E. Below is a Grief Outreach Coordinator at Transitions Life Care. E, thank you so much for coming on the show. Certainly. Thanks for having me. This is a very um, touching topic for me, something that I talk about with my therapist. I'm very excited to talk to you, E, about this. Um, I talk about my dogs a lot on the show, and I know that that's very different um, than people, but still there is anticipatory grief that I I have experienced in thinking about one of my dogs who's on hospice. And it's it's real, you know, thinking about anticipatory grief. And um, so E, maybe start us off. How does this differ to grief after death? Yeah, that's a really great question, Mary. And as you may have intuited uh, by the, the name anticipatory grief, 
Um, this type of grief, you know, typically occurs after, uh, before a death-related loss. Um, so typically it, it refers to what someone might feel in the days or, or months or even years before the death of a loved one. Um, it's that experience of knowing that a change or a loss is inevitable um, and experiencing grief in the face of that. So where grief related to a death, you know, typically only impacts the people who are, are left in their absence. Um, anticipatory grief can actually impact not just their loved ones, but also the person um, who's been diagnosed with a life-limiting illness. Um, you know, oftentimes we, we make this mistake of thinking of grief as just that physical loss of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but like grief that occurs after a death, you know, anticipatory grief can also um, often include grief around all of those layers of loss um, as an illness progresses. You know, things like loss of companionship as your person's abilities change or in your, your case, your pups change. Um, you know, the change in your role with your loved one, you know, loss of financial security and and even of the future. Um, you know, of course, we expect to experience grief after a death. Um, but, you know, few of us really understand that grief can show up before a life ends. Um, and I, I'd really say that the biggest difference between anticipatory grief and, and grief related to a death or what you might call conventional loss um, is that conventional grief is similar to, to grieving backwards. You know, that is, we, we mourn a loss that's already happened, whereas with anticipatory grief, it, it's really more forward-focused. Um, we're grieving everything that we expect to lose, not just that physical loss of the person, but but all of those layers. Mm. As if being caregiver isn't enough already, you know, where you're already dealing with taking care of somebody and, um, and and kind of getting everything in place and really working through what's to come and then add this on top of it. It's just one more layer that that is very difficult for someone in this situation, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you know if you're feeling anticipatory grief? What are some signs and symptoms to look out for? Um, I, I can think about it in my own case, like stress, for example, I, I can imagine is something that, you know, it kind of multiplies when you're anticipating grief. Um, I feel my stress levels rising. But how do you know what you're feeling is anticipatory grief? Yeah, and Mary, you, you hit the nail on the head with, with stress, especially when you couple that with caregiving responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you experience can can be really similar to what you might expect to experience um, after a, a death-related loss. So, of course, you know, feelings of, of sadness or tearfulness, um, maybe some denial or fear, um, maybe even guilt. Um, you might find yourself rehearsing the death, um, you know, what it might be like to, to think about the future with, without that person there. Um, or if you're the person who's dying, you know, maybe thinking about what that death experience might feel like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, we, we do have, you know, increased levels of stress. Um, like you mentioned, uh, you know, we might experience more anger, anxiety. anxiety. Um, a lot of us experience changes in sleep. Maybe you're sleeping too much or too little. Um, and oftentimes, that, that is because we are in this kind of in-between place between, you know, maintaining this, this needed sense of hope. Um, but also starting to prepare for the death of our person and, and letting go, so to speak. Um, and that can be a really painful and, and confusing space to live in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. So moving forward, what are ways that you can cope with anticipatory grief? Are there things that you can do or, or, or ways that you can start to cope with that now to help? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit on a, a good point of, you know, what can I do now versus what, what I might have to, to deal with in the future. 
Um, and I think one important thing to remember for yourself or, or even if you're supporting someone who's grieving is just remembering that just because you're grieving before somebody dies, it doesn't mean that you won't grieve after they die. Um, you know, anticipatory grief, it, it doesn't necessarily make the grief process easier. Um, and it isn't a substitute necessarily for grieving later. You know, I, I think sometimes we think that there can't possibly be anything more to, to feel or, or give after a loved one has died. And, you know, we can be really hard on ourselves in, in, in turn afterward. Like, you know, haven't I already done this before or, or shouldn't I be over this by now? Um, but it's really important to recognize that that's a really common response. Um, and there is no timeline on grief. There's no fixed volume of grief. You can't, you know, save it up now or, or carry it forward later. Um, and knowing that even if your loved one has been sick or, or has been declining for several several years, um, you know, nothing can really fully prepare us for, for the actual death and how we'll respond. Um, you know, I, I do want to mention in, in that same vein, though, anticipatory grief, it, it does have some benefits that can provide us with opportunities for closure that, you know, people whose loved one died perhaps suddenly or, or unexpectedly might not experience. And sometimes, you know, it can also provide us with space to have those hard conversations or mm -hmm. share memories or, or seek closure. Mm -hmm. um, I think ultimately, you know, the most important takeaway is, is to recognize that like with conventional grief, we all grieve in our own timeline and, and in our own way. Um, so it's important to try to maintain a sense of grace and, and patience with yourself, um, to give yourself that permission to experience that, you know, wide-ranging um, experience of emotions with, without judgment. Um, you know, grieving your person before they die, it, it doesn't mean that you're giving up hope or abandoning them. Um, I think that's one thing that a lot of us worry about. Um, but knowing that it is possible to, to grieve the, for the future without relinquishing the present necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And if folks want to find more information, e what's the best way for folks to do that? Yeah, you, you can certainly go to transitionslifecare.org uh, to learn more about grief. Um, our, our services are primarily focused on death-related losses. Um, you know, there, there are some really great resources out there. Um, there's a great website called What's Your Grief that's really chock full of resources and helpful articles on grief and, and anticipatory grief. Um, and ultimately, you know, some of the best resources are around us, um, you know, leaning on your supports, anticipatory grief and, and caregiving in, in the midst of all of that can be a really heavy load. Um, so maybe doing an assessment of those supports, um, who you can go to, to to help with the laundry or who you can go to to, to just be distracted if you need to. Um, someone once told me, you don't go to Home Depot to buy bread. So, you know, knowing who you can call on for, for those different needs as you're grieving can be really helpful. Um, if you're working with a care team or have access to a nurse or a social worker or a spiritual care member, um, use them. You know, they can really help you approach and, and navigate some of those hard conversations with a lot of grace and, and dignity. Um, some folks, you know, might find comfort or insight in caregiver groups. Um, I think one of the, the silver linings that I've found in this pandemic is that, you know, we aren't confined to geography. We can access support from miles away, um, including counseling. You know, considering counseling, it, it doesn't have to be forever. It can be just to get you over a particularly heavy period and, and give you a container for some of that heaviness and, and maybe feel a little less isolated in your grief. Yeah, that's wonderful insight. And those websites, again, transitionslifecare.org and what's your grief? 
whatsyourgrief.com, whatsyourgrief.com. We've been speaking with E. Bello. E is a grief outreach coordinator at Transitions Life Care. E, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jason and Mary. Uh, the pr- pleasure's all on this end of the microphone, and we're just about out of time for today. I want to remind you, if you want to find more information about Transitions Life Care, head on over to transitionslifecare.org. If you want to catch up on past episodes of Aging Matters, head over to WPTF.com. Click on the podcast button, and there you'll find a, a wonderful picture of Mary and the Aging Matters logo. And there you can view the full archive of shows that we have avail- available for you to listen and download there, WPTF.com. Out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful weekend. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.